How can it be possible for an all-loving God to send people to hell, a place of torment, for all eternity? Even if it were possible, why would anyone worship this tyrannical and sadistic being? This is the monotheistic doctrine of hell, and is the subject of today's discussion. David. And today we're talking about hell. H-E double hockey sticks for the people that are, are afraid of that word. On the Facing the Gates podcast. Yeah. So, uh, hell is not one of those comfortable, fun topics, but it is one of the topics that certain churches like to talk about a lot. Oh yeah, brother. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, it's not supposed to be a comfortable thing. It's supposed to be like the worst thing you can imagine. Yeah. Um, so kind of like starting out, um, if it, basically the, the whole doctrine of hell thing is an objection to Christianity because people, like I kind of mentioned in the intro, don't want to worship a God that can send you to hell. But now, question. Go ahead. Go if you ahead. go to hell, do you have to twerk on the devil like Lil Nas X did? No. I don't know. I mean, may, I don't maybe know how to it, to such d- a depending on your views of hell, you might have to, depending on the reason you're in hell. Oh, hush. Okay. Anyway, um, wouldn't wouldn't be a facing the gates episode without Michael starting with some. It's been a weird week, man. Really intelligent commentary. It's been a weird week. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you about weird week. So, anyway, um, it's it's kind of a, a reason why people don't want to be religious because they don't want to believe that. But one thing, kind of as we've talked about before, is like, well, it doesn't really matter whether or not you believe it. it if it's real, it's real, you know. But I empathize with people who hold this objection because it's not really fun to think about hell um as tim keller once stated quote in our culture divine judgment is one of christianity's most offensive doctrines end quote and in a culture where the highest standard is tolerance the doctrine of hell seems very intolerant um much like the previous objections this objection to the god of the monotheistic religions can manifest itself in philosophical and emotional terms how could god send someone to hell just because they don't believe the same thing as a christian is an emotional argument how could a loving god send people to a place of eternal punishment is a philosophical argument and today i plan to break down both of them so starting out before we get into any of them um is hell an objection that you have or an issue that you guys have? Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts and and where that is? I, I look at it like this. Some people are just fucking terrible people. On Earth, we have a place for those terrible people. Right? Granted, not everyone who goes there deserves to go there. But it's called Prison. And so, in a spiritual sense, if you're still, the heart of your being is still that terrible piece of shit, I'd be, I'd feel a little bad if there wasn't a judgment at the end of it. If it was just like, oh yeah, so unicorns and rainbows past this point. So I don't have that objection. I have the objection if there's not a place of separation. Because <laughs> I don't want to... You, if want, you a, think there needs to be some accountability for your actions. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, it kind of... We are beings able to think freely. Mm-hmm. We have our moral codes. 
And if you do some horrendous shit, you deserve punishment for it. Right. Now, granted, not everything that some people think is horrendous do I think. Of course not. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things inequivocally. I don't know. I probably fucked that word up. That if you do, that there no one can fucking back you up and say it's not awful. You kill someone's grandmother. There's no fucking reason. Things like that where it's kind of a black and white issue. Yeah. And so it's not really an objection for you. It's just it's something you, if anything, kind of bolsters your belief in a way. Yeah. And part of that could be from where I'm from, the South, my upbringing. But I mm-hmm. think a lot of people would feel the same way if they thought about it like how we do in an earthly sense. Mm-hmm. If you believe the spirit is the source of all on any level, whether it's a personal spirit, a singular being, then if you don't believe that shitty people deserve to be fucking separated from not shitty people, I don't fucking get it. All right, what about you, David? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Like, the ideas... I mean, unfortunately, tolerance is a pretty recent thing in human cultures. To be tolerant, you have to be and intolerant of intolerance. Yeah. I was actually yeah. going to say yeah. that yeah. later. That, there, there's that conundrum. But, I mean, especially from the historical side, it, it's more about the moral codes and the judgments and punishments on, say, the crime. Now, the, what I prefer and my kind of best case scenario with an afterlife would a person for their crimes be able to walk into heaven after proper punishment and learning from it yes that'd be fantastic that might be the case but the idea of the worst person who just commits atrocities against mankind be able to go straight to heaven yeah that 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 ain't that ain't right it's but that's also our human sense wanting justification and kind of some form of punishment wanting justice basically yeah yeah that's why man uh, word slip i got you but yeah so uh, i kind of fall in that same feel where if in the end there was some afterlife i wouldn't want to be put in the same afterlife as someone who just committed atrocities against mankind and the world in the same place I am. And I know we don't ask this much, but how do you feel about it, Bailey? Kind of in the same boat? Sort yeah, of well, I mean, I, I'm going to flesh it out more as we go through, and I'm basically going to... Yeah. I, I, I do... I mean, it's not a comfortable thing to talk about, but yeah. I think it is it is ultimately it's, necessary because there, there are two other kind of diametric opposite views that some people like to take and that is universalism which is everyone will be saved which we'll talk about that later and and then uh annihilationism that no one will be saved and we will all be annihilated i think the main like complaint kind of and so reason and so the that some will go to a heavenly place and others will go to a hell place that's kind of the in-between yeah view I think uh, those two extremes are very nihilistic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think the kind of opposition to it falls more into because, I mean, we've all met someone who's more kind of annihilationist. That one lady with anything that she doesn't agree with, oh, you're going to hell for that. Oh, you you didn't tuck your elbows in at the dinner table. You're going to hell for that. Well, that's not exactly annihilationist. Annihilationist means. It well, base, it's basically atheism. After you die, you will just cease to exist, but in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Like God will actually obliterate your soul and you will never, you won't exist anymore. Well, yeah. I kind of, because like, kind of put those two together because under kind of like those old ladies, anything you do, you're going to hell for. No yeah. redemption. And it's like people get into like, oh, well, why would God want me to go to hell for this small thing? And it's like, 
That, that's not how it works exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more complicated. But it's it's very an emotional thing. <clears throat> I, I think that ties more to because the biggest it, problem with Christianity is Christians. Yeah. Just like the biggest problem I, with atheism is atheists. Yeah, because it's kind of how it's perpetuated. Because, I mean, there's a lot... There's some people that we've all come across that's like, oh, this person's going to hell. I don't like what he does. Yeah. And just that kind of predetermination of kind of how they are morally. Yeah. Is kind of why this opposition stands. And also people uh, reading more so like the Old Testament instead of also the New Testament and kind of understanding the intricacies of both. Because I mean, the Old Testament was pretty brutal mm -hmm. in some ways. Which we're going to be talking about next episode, guys. Wow, mama mia. Tying yeah. this shit together. All right, well. Um, but yeah, so pretty much I fall into the same, well, we all kind of fall into the same plane of the idea. Yeah. Um, so to quote Tim Keller again, he says, quote, The spirit of modernity then gave us the responsibility to determine right and wrong. Our new confidence that we can control the physical environment has spilled over, so now we can think we can reshape the metaphysical environment as well. It seems to our minds unfair, therefore, that we should determine that it is all right to have sex outside of marriage and later discover that there is a God who is going to punish us for that. We believe so deeply in our personal rights in this realm that the very idea of a divine judgment day seems impossible, end quote. And so basically what he's getting at there, you know, obviously, is that we want to kind of define right and wrong as what it is. And then, you know, the idea that we could be held accountable for things that we didn't think were wrong is kind of offensive to people because yeah. it's like, how dare you? Tell me this is wrong when I don't think there's anything kinda, wrong with it. The, and to go on, like, as he said, like, it, even if you don't believe or not what he was saying with, like, oh, sex at, before marriage and then finding out later it was wrong, there's still a process you can redeem yourself from, say, sin. Not if you're dead. Well, yeah, but... But, know, yeah, yeah, I get know, what you If mean. you're alive, there's, there's that process. And if you didn't know it was wrong, I, I think he might be like, that, that was messed up, but maybe... Let's see let's see about your track record. If there is a judgment, it'll be fair just by... Yeah. Higher. I think we've all thought that. Mm-hmm. Just like we don't believe a baby's going to go right to hell if it dies. Everything's going to be judged based on everything yeah and to tie it back to earthly world just because i don't agree with a law doesn't mean i'm not going to follow that law like i don't necessarily think the speed limit should be 45 i might <laughs> want to be 60 yeah or think it should be 35 but fuck it cops behind me Buddy, but I'm going to tell you, I'm not doing 46. I'm not doing 44. We are 45 on the fucking dot. <laughs> okay? Yeah. If it gets a little dark, I'm already cutting my lights on because that's the law. I got my seatbelt on. I don't necessarily agree for certain things outside of personal liberties to be done. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to follow the law. I can disagree with yeah. it all I want. Mm -hmm. The law is the law. Yeah, right. and it just all depends on how people warp the perception around those rules that makes it to that point. Yeah. We're like, oh, I didn't know oh, about you're, you're rich and famous, you can get past that. Let's see, on a spiritual level, that doesn't work. Yeah. Right. A lot of people have problems with that. There's no workarounds. There's no... We're all in the same playing field. Yeah. And We're all equal in the, the spirit. The cop's always there. He's got his ticket book. Yeah. He's licking that motherfucker... <laughs> Oh, he did it. You know, we'll go ahead and give him a ticket for a good thing. He got those double carbon copies. Oh, he's speeding shit. Yeah. So I think that's hard for a lot of people to grasp because in our day-to-day -day life, we can get away with so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so Westerners find the doctrine of divine judgment offensive, but concepts such as turning the other cheek are quite appealing. In more Eastern cultures, divine judgment is no problem to them, but turning the other cheek makes no sense. So, quote, 
why should Western cultural sensibilities be the final court in which to judge whether Christianity is valid? End quote. Uh, that was from Tim Keller also. Um, how is that not cultural suprem supremacy a very intolerant concept? Yeah. Real quick. I mean, the I'll people who will tell you to turn the other cheek are the first ones to fuck you over or to do some atrocious shit. Oh, you stepped foot on my property. I blew his fucking head off. I'm legally right to do so. But when a guy wants you to turn the other cheek, asshole, weren't you just saying that to somebody two seconds ago? Yeah. So and I think outside of a culture issue, it is a personal per issue of perception. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and like, especially with the contrast in modern culture and even like, Eastern modern Eastern culture is different than when say the Bible is written. So it shouldn't, you should take the cultural aspects of today out of it. And if you want to get into the culture, look into the past and try to figure that out. Have yeah. a big sociological experiment on what was the culture like? Yeah. yeah. But a lot of, the so it should not, it should be essentially the elimination of culture. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the time there was an eye for an eye going on. Like, yeah. Oh, you stole bread? Off with your hand. Kota Hammurabi was very popular. And I think a lot of people in their instinct are very much like that mm -hmm. nowadays. Where you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you, even though we're taught not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Both culturally and religiously. Yeah. And also with the, the whole um, tolerance thing. Uh, which we kind of mentioned earlier, it's kind of self-defeating because it implies that someone would be intolerant if they weren't otherwise tolerant. And put into practice, if you believe that you are a tolerant person and you come across an intolerant person, then you're going to be intolerant of their intolerance, which really just yeah. shows that you're intolerant as they, just as intolerant yeah. as they are. I mean, it's like, for example, I am intolerant against a white supremacist, against a racist and whatnot. I'm, so that makes me naturally intolerant. Now, great. Yeah. It might be intolerant of bullshit, but you're intolerant. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, tolerance being Toler put on this pedestal. It's of, a conundrum like, in itself. It's, it's rhetorical. Self it's self because you have to be the perfect <clears throat> centrist of everything. Just don't care. Not going to look into it. Not going to have an opinion. Just tolerating everything, regardless of how good or bad it is. Yeah. Sounds like limbo. So anyway. Eh, whatever, man. These are these are like it sounds like a person on an opinion. The things I've kind of brought up so far, um, it don't really, you know, completely answer the problem of the doctrine of hell for people. But it should at least kind of shake it up and be like, Alright, this is how these people think about it. Also, this is not really, you know. Just it, it kind of breaks it up a little bit, um, and then we can kind of get more specific with it. Um, but first, we should qualify our terms. Uh, what is hell in the Christian view? Now, this, of course, depends on who exactly you ask. Um, but I'll define it in the simplest terms. Hell, whether you hold a literal or metaphorical view, is best described as a permanent separation from God with no hope of changing course. The literal view holds that hell is a literal place where there are literal fires and demons who are being tortured, as well as torturing others for all eternity. The metaphorical view is that hell is a state of mind where your own individual vices and shortcomings haunt you forever in a form of personalized torment. Uh, so those are the two predominant views of hell. I guess I'll let you give your thoughts if you have anything. That last one sounds like a personal attack on half our generation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both of them are... I mean, hell is hell, either way. Like, yeah, it's not going to be nice. Yeah. That, it's a, my dummy explanation of it, think of every worst possible outcome. All right, think of that. Let's add a multiplier, put it to the 10th power. Add a multiplier on top of that. Just keep on going. It gets worse from here, kids. There's no redeeming qualities. Yeah. There's no, eh, it could be worse. It's all just the fucking worst. Yeah, so on... If you want it to be hot, it'll be cold. You want it to be cold, it'll be hot. 
on the topic of uh is hell literal or metaphorical um i've just described both of them just based off of what you currently believe uh do you which what view do you hold or do you hold any if if i had to put a view right now i think we experience a little bit of hell every day in the metaphorical sense Mm-hmm. And that if, but do you think hell is that, like an actual place that you go to, or when I'm talking about like when you die, you know, what is hell? Is it a mental I, torment or is it a real place? See, if I if there is a higher power that does have a judgment, I would believe that it's like a like if heaven's a physical place and hell would be a physical <clears throat> place. Makes sense. I mean, that's because without one, you can't have the other. Yeah. And I mean, and I, if what, what you just going to send all those souls to the fucking no sphere and annihilate them because then you can't experience hell. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you have to have a place to store them. And so it would make sense if heaven's a physical place. Hell would have to be, too. Right. It's like a renaissance center, but for torment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of <laughs> fall in, into that same idea because it might not necessarily be a physical place, but it's still somewhere else besides heaven where you're sent. Mm-hmm. There's no getting out. You are there, fucker. Yeah, so and it would have to be at least a little bit of A, but I think more so on the metaphorical side. But a little bit of kind of, if not physical a separation would have to take place. Right. Um, Because, I mean, we don't know. We haven't been there yet. Yeah. From a Christian perspective, again, it it depends on who you're talking to. I am kind of undecided, so right now I'm just kind of holding, like, a hybrid view, if that's uh, a thing. Um, I mean, having both, like, both combined is like the worst case scenario. Well, what I mean, and and I'll probably, well, let me, I'll outline this. So, the metaphorical side comes from philosophy and C.S. Lewis, and the literal side comes from the Bible and another book called uh, 23 Minutes in Hell by Bill Weiss, who claimed to have an experiential vision of hell. Um, so, I believe in literal demons... Partly because I was once a paranormal investigator, though I never went on demonic cases, and partly because of the references and the gospels to demons. For example, Jesus casting out demons in his name. Well, watch our episode on that. Um, now, if demons, if demons and Satan are literal entities, it is not a stretch, therefore, to believe that hell is a literal place. Um. Jesus also speaks several times about hell throughout the Gospels and appears very consistent in his descriptions of hell. A lake of fire, place of torment, eternal darkness, etc. Um, some people believe the story of Lazarus, uh, which is Luke 16, 19-31, to be a parable, um, which is the one where uh, Lazarus is reaching, uh, or, or the poor man is it burning in hell asking for a drink um, from Lazarus who's in heaven. Oh yeah. And basically he wants, he, he's basically very bitter. And the, the point is um, some people think this is a parable, but I would object because this is the only parable that Jesus told that contains specific individuals with specific names, locations, and stories. Um, I do believe that mental torment, i.e. your own personal hell, can also exist within a literal hell, which is held by the metaphorical view of hell. So my hybrid view is that, yeah, hell might be a literal actual place, but there might be parts of that where you are just in your kind of cubicle in your bubble, in your own mind and your mental torment is your yeah. hell. And I mean, and also... Or you can be set out into the literal and I mean, actual if we hell. Think like experience from, both. Yeah. yeah. If we think, yeah, if we think about kind of like how we as humans work, 
when we experience physical torment, we usually experience some form of mental torment. So it only like makes sense from our point of view that both types of kind of torment and having the place and whatnot would make sense. So yeah, I mean, if there was a hell, I kind of would fit in with you where it's like, it would have to be a literal place, but the mental torment would also take place. Yeah. Um, now, even if... Did you want to say something? No. Um, even if one doesn't hold to a literal view of hell, a metaphorical hell is equally, if not more terrifying, and should be avoided at all costs. Literal or metaphorical, hell is still hell. If nothing else, let the seriousness of hell be a reason to take Christianity seriously. And with that, I want to make the disclaimer that I am not saying that fear alone should motivate someone to become Christian or that someone should become Christian just to avoid hell. That is the wrong mindset to have. What I am saying is that the doctrine of hell should, at the very least, cause someone to have a little bit more discernment about Christianity because hell is a very serious topic. Yeah, yeah and I, any, I think a lot of the people not taking it serious is because in some sectors of Christianity, it's just bashed in your fucking head. Yeah, it's pushed too hard instead of also taking like what you should be doing instead of where you up kind of the end of the road if you don't do good things. And when they're talking about hell, the pull out all the theatrics and the emotions and this and it comes off as you're not taking this shit serious yeah it comes yeah. off as hokey and, and to be fair um the denomination you come from is very known for that yeah um so i and i think a lot of it also is due to our area yeah and, some sometimes well here's the thing sometimes there are going to be churches like probably the one you grew up in that was constantly talking about hellfire and brimstone and then there are other churches that like don't talk about hell at all and like when you don't talk about hell at all that's how you breed ideas that maybe hell doesn't exist where if you talk because about there two... are actually a lot of christians that don't believe in hell yeah um yeah so the next topic or question related to this would be is universalism the idea that all will be saved, plausible. Uh, before I give my answer, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I've, see the possibility of all being saved. It's a possibility, but the idea of it actually happening is slim to none. There's going to be at least those outliers that would not be saved. Yeah. I mean, it's a... Without God himself being like, Oh, yeah, we beat sin's ass. All that shit is beat down. Come get saved. We locked that fucking gate. Closed up the safe. All y'all fuckers can be saved. Without that literally happening, there's going to be that separation. Yeah. Now, granted, I don't know what the big man upstairs is going to do. So with my earthly viewpoint of where I'm at right now and how I see the world and everything, it's not fucking happening anytime soon. And so that's all I can judge it on. So I'm going to act plausible, yes, realistic, no. Gotcha. Yeah, and also depends on what your definition being saved is as well. Yeah, that's a... Uh, no, that's a hot, that's a hot topic. That's a... The doctrine one. of soteriology, which is the doctrine of salvation, how are you saved? And that is actually something of debate within Christians as well. That's a spicy one. There, there's just a lot of stuff with Christianity that's being debated. Yeah. There, but, I mean, with any religion, there's going to be those questions. There's, like, the fundamentals that, like, everybody agrees on, and then there's, like, the nuances that a lot of yeah. people disagree on. I mean, just like with anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just like with science. Yeah. Programming. No, so, no, pro programming is very much, besides, like, super, like, how to use it, the fundamentals, and, like, after that a little bit, all one way. But I think the saying there's more than one way to skin a duck kind of comes to play. Yeah. Where the fundamentals there, you get the skin and the feathers off the fucker, but it, after that, how you get there... It's how you use the fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah, I think the idea of universalism 
unfortunately, is implausible because it's against what the Bible teaches consistently in several places from both the Old and New Testament. It completely waters down everything that Christianity teaches. If all will be saved, there is no point in Jesus dying on the cross in our moral actions, making any choices without our free will, or arguably even existing. Universalism is just the diametric op opposite of atheism and shares the same problems. Um, now, I would like to be wrong about that. I would like for everyone to be saved. That yeah, would be dope. You would like for it I to mean, be... I, I would person, like to be proven wrong, every but person I... out of their... Well, in their right mind would like everyone to have a happy ending, a good ending, but that, that's not the case. And that would also create the problem of without good, without evil, there is no good. Yeah, without good, there, there is would no be the evil. lack of evil... Yeah. So, God is still an almighty being, and an all-powerful being. Satan will be a but, pretty lonely person that year. But yeah, it goes against fucking everything. Yeah. So uh, what's the point of existing if everyone's going to be saved? Creates, why, why are we not just there? It creates, yeah, if everyone gets saved, I guess he just like clicks dump game, kill <laughs> characters, reset. Yeah, it creates a very nihilistic viewpoint and I think that but it's like happy nihilism at that not yeah. necessarily it's like maybe happy in the end goal but oh I can do whatever fuck I want I'm gonna go to heaven exactly that can be used to justify really yeah uh, anything but and also there, there would be some people who would go oh I'm gonna but, go to hell but an, I'm gonna be the best person I can while I'm yeah, not in but hell. also annihilationism will motivate you to do anything also because if uh, annihilationism and um, universalism both give you zero accountability in this yeah. life. Yeah. What's the so point? it can motivate you to do yeah, and I think the horrible or great the things. You can either be the yeah. Rick or you can be the Jerry. Yeah, you could keep pushing on knowing nothing means anything or you yeah. can go buck fucking wild. And I mean, I guess in some ways, like either one could possibly happen without everyone knowing about it, but the belief in it is what kind of removes any worry and makes the worst outcomes possible. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, if it happened, the freak statistic that universal, everyone happened to get saved and everyone died and no one known fully about it, eh, that's still possible. I feel like the big G-Man will wait for all mankind to be gone. <laughs> like, hey guys! What do you mean? Like, once mankind has ran its course. Oh, oh. I thought you meant, like, extinct. I was like, well, if we're gone, then what's the point of saving people if we're... Well, you know, I feel like if... Yeah, he happens to flick on the universalist switch. If it was... Just the If it was off. a thing, it would be once the battle has been won. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that. Gotcha. So that's why in when I say it's a possibility, it's like a nut hair. Of a possibility, yeah, but the compared to the forest of the rest of yeah. the possibilities, but the belief in that or annihilationism is dangerous. Yeah, definitely, and and not really Christian. Yeah, because I mean, even if I don't necessarily believe in the Judeo-Christian, but it's also like God in heaven, predestiny. It falls a lot into that. that well, you'd you'd be surprised. There's a lot of Christians that are actually annihilationists. It, well, in in terms of, uh, there's a view of hell that. God won't allow suffering in hell. He's just going to annihilate people who would go to hell. Sounds pretty fucking terrible if you ask me. It's like, Hah! you're gonna feel awful while he's crushing. But the thing you. is that you don't, you don't experience, you don't exist like at all. Yeah, you don't know it anymore. Yeah, you, you die. Boom. Sounds awful. Sounds but it, it's still a release from torment. Yeah. I mean, that, so, that's a, another idea, but it. it also would fall kind of off of kind of how a lot of people view things where something has to happen to your spirit and just piping it off yeah disrupts the kind of order but i mean it is god he can do what he wants yeah i i, th I think we all kind of sit on that plane like yeah it's up to him ultimately but i do not buy into this yeah same even the atheist doesn't buy into this shit so why is hell necessary well, firstly, hell was never intended for humans. It is a place, quote, prepared for the devil and his angels, end quote. That is Matthew twenty-five forty-one. 
This, <clears throat> what this means is important. You are not made for hell. Second, I would like to remind people that humans have free will and that going to hell is a conscious choice to reject God. As C.S. Lewis says, quote, there will, <clears throat> there will only be two people in the end. Those whom say to God, thy will be done, and those whom God says in the end, thy will be done, end quote. It is a conscious decision. So I lean more towards C.S. Lewis's perception of hell that, quote, the gates of hell are locked from the inside. All who are in hell choose it, end quote. Now, to build upon this idea, Lewis says that if you were going to live until 80 or so, he wouldn't have very much to worry about in terms of his flaws. But if you were going to live forever, those flaws in his personality, in his personality uh, such as his short temper or impulsivity, if gone unchecked, may become hell within him over eternity. Quote, hell begins with a grumbling mood, but you are still distinct from it. You may even criticize it in yourself and wish you could stop it. But there may come a time uh, may come a day when you can no longer. Then there will there then will be no you left to criticize the mood or even to enjoy it, but just the grumble itself going on forever like a machine. It is not a question of God sending us to hell, and each of us there is something growing which will be hell unless it is nipped in the bud. End quote. As summarized by Tim Keller, quote. Hell is simply one's freely chosen identity apart from God on a trajectory into infinity, end quote. People in hell, quote, would rather have their freedom as they define it than salvation. Their delusion is that if they glorified God, they would somehow lose power and freedom. But in a supreme and tragic irony, their choice has ruined their own potential for greatness. Hell is, as Lewis says, the greatest monument to human freedom, freedom, end quote. So there's a lot of things there. I'll let you respond to that. Yeah, and I mean, with the idea of, like, the basically being Christian will make you less powerful, I, it, it kind of, that's just kind of a negative-ass mindset in that kind of perspective because it's... Well, it, people just don't want to become Christian because of pride. Yeah. Is, is what he's and alluding it's like, to. And I, th like, I think that's fuck bad that. for... If, if you truly want to be a Christian, just suck your pride up. Yeah, just like you, if you're an atheist and you believe in a higher power, you don't have to... Yeah. You can you, you can look at yourself like, hey, man, I, I'm still figuring this out. This yeah, is like, what I believe. Like, just boom, like me. Boom, I, you're I not an atheist easily, no more. I could easily lie and say I'm a Christian. I could easily lie and say I'm anything. I'm an atheist. But instead, I'm honest... And I'm have more self power in doing that yeah. than if I lie to the world. And I I also like how C.S. Lewis basically went if you're kind of like uh, almost self care, but in like an old timey child rearing way, where pointing out like your worst characteristics, the negative aspects of your kind of. I have your personality. Yeah. And your character. And you're like, if you let those go unchecked and you don't try to change them, they become your entire personality yeah. because you'll be complaining about that. You'll be thinking about, Oh, well this wouldn't have happened if I didn't do this. You, know, you gotta, a, uh, well, you gotta understand it and then B, you gotta change it. Mm -hmm. And I, that's kind of like, as we said, Christianity is just as much religious as your lifestyle. And, I mean, it's also, it's how he says it isn't really just Christian in the mindset, but it's like everyone should be working towards the better themselves or to become their worst idea. Yeah. And to tie, it's very nicely said. Tie back of hell is the ultimate monument to mankind's freedom. That, I think that's one of the biggest things due to free will is you have the freedom to be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And to go against morals and all that. And so that is why there needs to be a hell. 
Yeah, it's like when because Eve bit the apple, she had a choice. She made the wrong one. Would hell necessarily be hell if we were all predetermined to go there? Everything was already laid out for us. We were just walking in the path. Would heaven be necessarily be heaven if the same thing happened? N not really. In the big scheme of things, is there's no divine choice. In having that freedom to do the right thing or do the wrong thing, and having the freedom to explore and learn and teach and mm -hmm. gather all this information, you have the choice, ultimately. And you have the choice, to be honest, and find what you believe in and search that out, or you have the choice to be a sheep and just follow what you've been told and not think any deeper about that, which could end up costing you in the long run. But it's the easier path yeah. to go. And you can also look into like the Or you could you could have the choice to go with the fucking shitty people and you might have a great fucking life here but you're gonna pay for it afterwards. Yeah, and but most of the time when people like make the good decisions they think are good and not just doing bad decisions, they end up happier like in life, which you probably met a We've probably all met a few people where, sure, they might not have been the most successful in certain aspects, but they're happy because they made the choices that were right for them, where people made all the wrong choices, might be even, like, wealthier or more successful, but they're not happy. Yeah. So it, it falls, like, you can, if that's the way you want to look into it, you can just view it by different people in their lives because a lot of, like, Successful people aren't happy because they've screwed people over. They've done a lot of bad stuff. And then once they're old and can't do much, they got to think about that. So, yeah. and that becomes their own hell. One more thing. I think what scares a lot of people off on what you said at the end, what hell is the greatest monument to mankind's freedom. Mm -hmm. I think the way that's phrased scares a lot of people off because it, a lot of people don't think of it also gives you the freedom to do the right thing to do that think to a lot of people puts the blinders on it's like oh freedom and hell well fuck it yeah i, I think it would yeah, be, the, the context of that though yeah is is people are rejecting christianity precisely because of hell and so and ironically freedom yeah due to yeah i think yeah, like, ironically that's without what the context would be better like the choice between heaven and hell is kind of the ultimate yeah, thing but. of human free will. So, uh, one one but, thing I wanted to kind of uh, pin here and, and ask your opinion on, because I, I know I brought a lot of quotes with that part. Oh, um, yeah. What what were your thoughts um, with the hell being a choice kind of thing? Um, that it being a choice to ultimately deny God. Yeah. That, that God doesn't really send you to hell. It's just like you kind of don't accept him, so that's where you go. And yeah. and the whole... And as, I, as I mentioned earlier, with me believing in a just process, if there is a higher power that is the Judeo-Christian God, mm -hmm. just like he wouldn't send a baby to hell that doesn't know. If someone truly isn't able to know, it would. I feel that would be treated... So by you being sent there, you had to do something to be sent there, whether that's deny or whether that's atrocities or being a false believer. There has to be an action to get that reaction. Mm-hmm. Because I think we've spoke on this before, either in private or on the podcast, mm -hmm. about, you know, things like, when a baby dies, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And so for you to be have the choice to be sent to hell, you made the choice. Yeah. And and also something I mentioned like earlier when I gave like the base definition of hell, whether you take literal, metaphorical, whatever, um, it's basically so if if God is good and God is not in hell Hell's not good. Hell is basically the absence of good. Yeah. So 
It's like darkness is the absence of light. Right. Um, but so are no so that's that's why hell is hell because God is not there because anything that is good is derivative of God, basically. Yeah, and um, that's where the devil, yeah. the devil being the leader of hell, temptation draws you to those things. Yeah. And then there's also the whole uh, spiritual warfare aspect of things. Like I used to love thinking of spiritual warfare as a kid, just like an angel fucking 360 no-scoping a demon. Because <laughs> the way they put it out made it seem pretty bitchy. You know, God's just got an army. Yeah, fuck them up. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, that's uh, probably a hyper-anthropomorphized version yeah. of it. But oh, yeah. I do believe in spiritual warfare to at least some degree. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, the devil made me do it. Kind of. I'm not like that. But like, I I do think that there are spiritual influences, both positive and negative in our lives that are kind of beyond our awareness. Kind of like as we've spoken with um, God not being like heavy handed, he might kind of try to tell you like or try to shift you a little bit to the right way but you still gotta make that decision yeah and yeah the so devil might try and shift you to the left yeah, way or whatever slight you know? influences the devil may play a little heavier hand on that one yeah see where i've always been of the mindset of it's in a modern sense you're put here here's your morals i'm gonna see what you're gonna do mm-hmm and it's through the congregation of people and influences that we create those influences and those temptations. That's kind of where my mindset's always been with that. But I could easily be wrong. Or that could be the spiritual warfare going within ourselves and our circles. Mm-hmm. Instead of an ob- instead of like God going out of his way for one person. A little to the left. Listen to me, you dummy. God, don't make me send you to hell. <laughs> All right, so the question at hand that we've been discussing for a long time is why is hell necessary? Um, my my third response to that is hell is necessary for the ultimate good of God's kingdom. Think about what would happen if God allowed people who didn't love him into heaven. They would use him and proliferate all types of sin which would infect and destroy heaven allowing unjust allowing the unjust to escape judgment would also ruin the future union of heaven and earth a world where sin is no more this is the one reason why i reject universalism by separating the just from the unjust god is protecting those who love him from those that don't and giving people that don't want him exactly what they want to be left alone. Um, and lastly, I would contrast our limited human understanding of love with God's perfect love. We can all know how we can be uh, when we're being wrathful out of love. For example, a parent may not want to punish their child and cause them pain, but it is necessary for them to learn. I may not want to go to the gym and put my body through pain, but through doing so, I become stronger. If we witness a friend getting cheated on, it is instinctive to get angry and defend that friend. Keller states, quote, If you love a person and you see someone ruining them, you get angry, end quote. Becky Piper says, quote, Anger isn't the opposite of love. Hate is. And the final form of hate is indifference, end quote. Likewise is God's justice. Without divine justice, people could do anything and get away with it. Even Hitler would be allowed inside the gates of heaven. Hell is not a comfortable doctrine, but it is a necessary one if God is truly just. I'm going to add a little thing here. If you do believe in universalism, why don't you go spend some good time in a federal penitentiary? All right, and I'm not talking about the low-level drug dealers who are there because the government's fucked. Max. I'm talking about with the fucking rapists, murderers, kitty diddlers. There might be some good people in there. I'm not saying there's not. But you're going to be in there with some real pieces of shit. 
you want them to be your neighbor? You want them to get the same treatment as someone who's done right every single day and has lived their life to the best of their ability? And I'm not saying judge a man on one mistake, but think of it from our earthly view, what we can grasp on this earth. I don't want to sit next to a fucking child rapist and us be judged the same. I don't want to be in heaven with Hitler. I don't want to go to court and judge look at me 10 years for a traffic ticket and look at the kitty dealer 10 years for doing the unthinkable and then look at a mass murder 10 years because that's essentially what you're saying to do. Everyone gets exact fucking same. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not just. It's not just. It's fucking not. And granted, our system on Earth is unjust in itself because we are but humans and we are fighting to change that every day. Right. But the ultimate just is... But even even if we tried to make our system just, it would still only be to some degree... As we can make it. Yeah, there would still be flaws that would be... We'll be working on exploited. But the thing is, we know it has problems and we're working on it. God doesn't have to worry about that. He doesn't have to work on it. He's the ultimate judge, jury, jury. He's the ultimate, like, I wrote the fucking book. I know exactly how it goes. Y'all play by my rules. These are the rules of the universe. You know who made this? Big man right here. (laughs) Big man right here. There's nothing else to go by. Nothing else. Uh Michael would be a fun preacher. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you find your religion, be a preacher. <laughs> uh, so I'll, 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 I'll be your hype man. You might not be allowed in my church. <laughs> I might not want to be in your church. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's just the only way I can tie it to a realistic viewpoint of why that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Just like atheists believing in fucking simulation theory i had i thought that was really bullshit i think universalism is some real bullshit yeah i mean i it's one thing for all of us just to be fucking turned in the dust and go nowhere all right i don't agree with that but i but for all of us be like get a fucking willy wonka golden ticket yeah there's no justice and as i said well do, do you really want me in heaven with Hitler as your next door neighbor? Yeah. Not really. No, no. You want to do terrible painter. Terrible painter. <laughs> I mean, have you seen him? He has no depth perception. <laughs> I mean, do, do you want to fucking just walk down the streets of heaven to see a fucking child molester? Muhammad. Walking down the golden streets and you're walking right beside him and you're thinking this motherfucker was in in jail for some awful shit yeah well well and he's to, to play he's out of heaven hoa to play devil's advocate devil's advocate um no pun intended <laughs> it would be it would be on a Christian view, an awesome thing to yeah. see these yeah. people in heaven it's the op- because they would have been changed. Exactly. Yeah. But universalism you, implies that you don't have to change at all. Yeah. And under the Christian view, you you do have to change. You, you have to orient yourself change. towards God and change who you are and and shed your yeah. sins and bad habits. You have free will. Yeah. yeah, you, you are supposed to always. You're be supposed to evolve as a human, and as a Christian. Yeah, you don't want to keep hitting B and not evolve your Pokemon. All right, it's time to fucking grow up. You're not yeah. in Sunday school no more. You're past that. You're not with the old people yet. You're before that. You're evol- You're evolving every fucking time, and mm-hmm. you learn more. And you, you'll slip back. You'll come forward and then you'll be right where you're supposed to be and i think that's something all three of us can get behind is the constant evolution of ourselves mm-hmm. all right well we all agree essentially that uh that hell is necessary that's a th- it's a thing that it's not really a problem for you guys it is uh it makes sense yeah. at least in our point of view of 
what we would think heaven would be. I mean, because, shit, I mean even it, if there's a good and a bad, you can't have good without bad. Yeah. yeah. If there and, is a place to go, you've got to have both. Yeah, and it's not like God's just chucking everyone into hell. He'd be a really lonely person if, well, really lonely it God would, if he did. It would go against the gospel to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at the point where we're like, okay, hell is necessary. Now we have the question of why worship a God who would send people to hell? Because he gave you free will and for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Yeah. All right. You had the choice to do right and you didn't do it. You broke the law, essentially. And whether your judgment is internal damnation or not, I'm not the fucking judge or juror. Yeah, and I mean, and and if, if you can't get past that, then you're not going to find any fucking yeah. religion unless you fucking make one up or go buy some frilly nilly, fucking ass kissing religion, where it's everyone gets into everyone, every bullshit. If everyone got into heaven, there'd be a lot less people in there, you know. I mean. Yeah, it's a very. It would become it's, its own version of hell. It's a very. Or it just become Earth 2.0. Yeah, it, it's a very prideful yeah. question to. I think have. the on, only and way it's a, you wouldn't want to believe it is if you you believe in predestination and kind of predetermined fate. Then why don't you take your fate and switch to not believe? Yeah, but then and happen to not believe to have that. You have to go around in circles every fucking day. Yeah, you'd be switching religions, like, hourly. Like, you change your clothes. Yeah. I don't change Probably my clothes sooner. that often, damn it. <laughs> well, not every hour. I'm wearing the same pants for four days in a row. I have washed them. I mean, you just need, like, a pachinko machine and just shoot your little ball bearing and pop work, whichever religion pops up. That's the one you believe in now for today, until you find out they have a hell. So, or some negative impact. So, for my response on why worship this god, uh, one reason is that if you don't, you'll probably experience hell firsthand. Uh, but obviously, I don't believe that fear should be the primary motivator for someone to become Christian. Remember, hell isn't made for humans. You aren't meant for hell. God is a perfectly just judge. He isn't like our human judicial system, which will fail us. God is, by definition, God by definition cannot fail, so his justice will be right, whatever that divine decision may be. God is also a loving God. He's the being who sent his own son to be crucified for you. The fact that you even have the chance to repent is evidence of his mercy. But to ignore him, or to assume that you know better than him, is nothing but sheer pride. One of the seven deadly sins. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, all I ask is that you do some soul searching and evaluate your true intentions behind what you do and believe. I personally struggle to do this, uh, even as even the Bible says that the heart of man is deceitful. But to wrap up the question of why worship God, specifically the Christian God, for one, I believe this God is the true God. Additionally, the, the Christian God is the most loving God if he sent his son to die for the sins of other people. And at the same time, the most powerful God if he brought this universe into existence. The fact that the same God who brought the universe into existence is the same God who is willing to die for you and wants to get to know you personally, in my eyes, that's enough to warrant worship. And I'm not going to have a fucking super powerful statement like that, but if you feel Christianity is the right religion for you, don't worry about what other yeah. people think. And I mean, it's a m complex thing to figure out it's for you and say, like, if you happen to have the issue of hell, yeah, get, just rewind, give it a listen. We, I'm pretty sure we can have some sources for you to look at. Yeah. And, just and like, I mean, and, just there's a few for you and kind of as we said with good there has to be bad or you have nothing yeah and i think the same will go out if you're on the fence about leaving the church 
or joining the church. No matter what, don't fool yourself. Be honest with yourself. Explore. Research. Listen. Learn. I think that's all I can... Yeah. And don't be a dick. Break it down to when it comes to these type of things. Why this or why that. If it's for you, it's for you. If it's honestly who you are, it's who you are. Don't let anyone fucking hold you back, but always be willing to learn and exercise that big old squishy muscle up there. Yeah. Even if you are firmly in the Christian category, like Bailey, he ex- exercises that squishy fucking muscle every day. <laughs> and he still don't know all his opinions and answers. No. No. And but that's the beauty. I'm just getting started, son. <laughs> yeah. You I got, really, I you got really, at least like yeah. another 50, 60 years to think about this and yeah. try to figure it out. Yeah, but before, and if you don't have all the answers, that's fine. It, oh, no one will. Do, have yeah. you... Okay, this, this is completely, completely off the wall and unrelated, but have you heard of um, the... What, what's the fucking fancy philosophical word? Uh... The beatific vision that Thomas Aquinas saw. Have you heard of this story? Um, sounds like something I've does not read ring before, but I'm... okay. So basically, the idea is basically Thomas. You know, Thomas Aquinas wrote a lot about God. He wrote many giant, large books uh, about the G Man. Yeah, uh, they're they're very philosophical in nature, and I haven't read them, but they're very big books. Uh, anyway. Uh, the to-do list eventually read? Mm, I don't know. I mean, like, they're bigger than the Bible for one volume. So. But when you get more free time you, and you get through the book, the other stuff you want to read and research. Know. After he finished reading it, you know he's going to tell me to read it. It will be. He's going to hand you it. No. What are you talking about? Anyway, anyway, basically, he wrote a lot. Long story short is he was going to finish that series of volumes he wrote. Um, and basically, he had a vision, or, or he was close to death or something. He had a near-death experience. And he had a vision of meeting Jesus, basically, and he says, well, you've, you've written well about me, Thomas. What will you have for your reward? And Thomas says, nothing but you, Lord. And then uh, basically he ends up going back into his body and um, he is in, was in the process of finishing this book and stopped writing it because the things that he saw in that vision were so great that all of the things that he wrote were basically pointless and and had no significance. Yeah, there there was no no point in writing anything at that point. So basically, to tie that in with where I'm going with this is basically, uh, I we got a lot to we got a lot further to go. Like I'm probably gonna learn probably a decent amount in my life and, and then it's gonna seem like a grain of sand yeah you're gonna learn yeah. infinitely more than you know today by the time you die and that that's gonna be like n- null percent yeah <laughs> like, like well nil percent not null nil <laughs> to the amount you will learn but when the man the with time all comes. the answers has no purpose I mean yeah cause the point is to learn and to live it's about the experience of it all. Making them choices. But before we get jerking each other off any further, anything else we have to add to this conversation? No, I don't think so. I think I've covered everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we cut, <coughs> so uh, Again, we pretty much all come into agree. Yeah. As, as we've gone through these uh, objections to theism and Christianity, pretty much all of them so far, we agree that they're not, issues even before we got into it and the biggest problem with them especially with the hell one is what some people say the biggest problem with christianity is again ding 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 christians yeah it's like the biggest problem with atheists ding 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 atheists the biggest problem about agnostic theists is is we don't don't know know. (laughs) yeah 
But I think that's where a lot of people get hung up, like uh, Corey Taylor and his comments on why he doesn't leave and all that is due to what some people say about destination. Well, it, it does make it difficult to uh, navigate murky waters when you have so many different people saying different things. Yeah, yeah. And especially when, like, the... Instead of finding what matters to you, you're here, as an outsider, you're he hearing what all these people think of you. Yeah, and, like, the most negatively, emotionally charged people are the most kind of vocal about it, unfortunately. Fire brimstone! Yeah. Yeah, as I said, that old lady, I was like, you're going to hell for this. Oh, you're going to hell for that. You're going yeah. to hell for everything you do. But before we get on to another little circle. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You got yeah. anything else? No, that's just really it. Remember, don't be shitty to people. Uh, ma main, main thing, don't be a dick. My, yeah. my number one world. Um, next week, we're going to be talking, uh, as we alluded to earlier, we're going to be talking about the Old Testament. Some people have issues with yeah. with how hardcore the Old Testament is. and they don't, Fucking shit up. They don't like stuff about that. So I've compiled, like, some of the top uh, major objections to actions of the Old Testament, and we're going to go through those, and we're going to talk about it. Oh, I got a big, thick one. Big old one. I'm not going to mention it now, but I got one. I have an idea how a lot of it could probably be summarized. All right. It's been real? It's been real. Love it's you been guys. Fun. It's been real fun. We say this every freaking time. Yeah, it might as well be our outro. I'm surprised I've talked this much. Well, my jaw started hurting. Yeah, David... Uh, has five less teeth than he did last yeah. week. So. Yeah. With some teeth and a broken baby tooth. Yep. So Yeah, fun fact, kids. You can keep your baby teeth that you're supposed to lose when you're 12 until you're 23. Yep. David's a blessing. <laughs> or a curse. <laughs> we have yet to figure it out. <laughs> next right. time. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Love Bye. you. Bye. Bye.